At Jewelers Mutual, we're a little obsessed with jewelry. Obsessed like auctioneers with talking fast. 50, we're going to Pop stars with auto-tune. And dentists with asking questions. So, how did he propose? After they've put their hands in your mouth. Great. Yes, we've made jewelry our obsession for over 100 years. We love it so much, we named our kids Ruby, Amber, and Opal. Venti soy latte for Opal? At Jewelers Mutual, we insure jewelry and only jewelry. Which is why people who are also obsessed with jewelry trust us with theirs. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. And welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. I'm your host, Russell Hartman. I know I'm back. I know you guys had to deal with Kevin last week. I hope he treated you all well, but I have returned. And thank you all for welcoming me back. Kevin, how's it going, man? You know, it's going, just, you know. In the car, can't miss this show, so I might as well give you a little car phone for the time being until I'm back in my seat. How's it going with Kevin, you? Kevin, where were you? Tell 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 the viewers, uh, viewers, tell listeners what you were doing that you know you're not at your desk right now talking to us. Well, I, can't, I I'm sorry, I can't have personal matters that I want to discuss with other people <laughs> that I've never seen in person besides like three of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. But Kevin, thank you for yeah. joining us. John Luke Shapiro will be joining us very shortly as the trio is back together this week. Again, my apologies everyone for last week. I was a bit busy taking care of things, but here we are. We're gonna discuss It's okay, something... Russ, it's fine. You don't have to be on the show every single time. Yeah, but you know, people like to hear my voice, Kevin. I know you like to hear my voice. It's, it's very soothing, I I give you that. I, I, I do like hearing it, you know. You know, have an audio recording. If I have a bad dream, wake up and just you saying good morning, and that's it. I know, and then I, I know. feel better. <laughs> I know. Well, well, soon, soon enough, I'm going to be releasing an audiobook series, Kevin, of all the Game of Thrones yes, novels, out. so you can listen the, to me. The, uh, the album yeah. comes out July 24th. July 24th. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, uh, as you can all tell, it's going to be How about I start it off? Let me start it off. Whoa, 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 whoa! Big guy, let, you host once and you want to start it off. Let me pose a question to you. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. So we saw Capo Caco in action. He had the first goal of this championship tournament between the greatest hockey countries in the world, including England mm-hmm. for some reason. And he scored the first goal. It was a beauty. It was a hard-fought battle. People say the defense was bad. Yeah, but he took a good opportunity for poor coverage. And he has a breakaway, and now everybody's going crazy. Capo Caco, oh, he's going to go first in the draft. Devil's going to choose him. Can you explain to the listeners why Jack Hughes is going to go before Capo Caco? Can I explain to the listeners why Jack Hughes is going to go 
You said before Capo yeah. Caco? Is that what you're before telling Capo, me? Before I feel like there's like a five percent chance that the Devils are gonna like be stupid and take Caco versus Jack Hughes, well, who well, has remember, all of these connections with the Devils organization already. It might not be. It might be not. It might not be so stupid down the line. We don't know how these careers are gonna go, but. I would say that we don't have to worry too much. I mean, look at it this way. Oh, before I go into this, please welcome, give us a round of applause. The host of the late program has decided to join us. He's here all the Uh, way from Scranton. The host of the very host of the late program himself, new employee of Dunder Mifflin, Mr. John Luke Shapiro. How are you doing today, buddy? Oh, my gosh, Russ. If you gush about me anymore like that, then I'm going to have to pay you. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you guys. How's it going? Oh, is that is that is that so? You can pay me oh, too, Jay. I mean, like I'm not opposed to some money. Oh, Kevin, you didn't you didn't you didn't jump on the bandwagon, so therefore you don't get paid. There's no, so there's sorry. no bandwagon to jump on. I was John Luke Shapiro fan number one from day one. So I don't uh, need to hear this. I, I think we're forgetting who the real John Luke Shapiro fan from day one is, and it's me. Okay, I love this oh, guy. Is fine. a I'm great sorry. guy. Kevin jumped on my bandwagon here, all right? Let, well, put it this way. You, knew you, John, you knew you, JL first, so I guess technically you I did, and it. I'll put it this way. If you don't know JL, if you don't know him personally, you're missing out on a great human being. I just want to put that out there in the world. Oh, oh Russ, Stand thank you guy. so much. Again, he's I just want to say I did not pay him to make those time. statements. <laughs> okay, so now for the reason why people actually listen to us talk on here for 45 minutes every two weeks. So... Let's discuss. Kevin presented me a question, Jail. He asked me why. Uh, Kevin, repeat your question, actually. Go ahead. So, Jail, I posed the question, you know, we all saw Capo Caco in action today. And, you know, a lot of people, including Rangers fans, are saying, oh, Capo looks so great. You know, he was great with the puck. He had good body. You know, great defensive play for the empty netter at the end of the game. Great breakaway goal for the first goal of the whole tournament. People started starting to think that he might get picked by the Devils. Why is Jack Hughes going to get picked by the Devils and not Capo Caco? Okay. Just to ease so, the burdens a little bit. So let's put it this way, okay? Capo Caco had an amazing uh, tournament opening game. Probably the, probably the best th- result we all could have hoped for a short of a hat trick, okay? I mean, the guy steps onto the ice as an 18-year-old with the Finnish national team against a very good Canadian team, I might add, that featured John LaMarcheso, Mark Stone, among others. So they're not, they're not pushovers. And what does he do? Gets named player of the game, scores a beautiful breakaway goal by force, basically getting a great pass, scores a great empty net goal. Now you could say great empty net goal. Whoa, it was an empty net goal. But look at what he did before the empty net goal. He forced a turnover, made a really nice play, Pot of his second of the game, and uh, there's a great clip. Also, shout out to AJ Ranger, Mr. Alex Nunn. The guy is just churning out clips for everyone. So just a big round of applause for him. As we say almost every week, we're saying that because the guy's just giving us highlights. But Alex clipped a great uh, clip of Kako with the puck, just playing keep away with Darnell Nurse. Now Darnell Nurse is a big guy. He's a top four defenseman in the NHL. And in this clip, you see Darnell Nurse trying to get the puck from Kako. He can't do it. Brandon Montour even tries to come into the frame. He tries to get the puck from Kako. That doesn't work either. I mean, the kid just had a great opening tournament, opening game of the tournament, showed exactly what he can do with his hands, with his size. Awesome, right? You'd think, wow, his stock is really going up. Maybe the Devils will actually do it. But then you have to remember who's on the other side here, okay? You have to remember on the other side is a kid who averaged two points a game in the USHL. 
You have to remember, this is a kid who broke every single record in the USNTDP, breaking guys' records like Austin Matthews, Clayton Keller, Patrick Kane. Uh, the only thing he didn't break was goals in the season, and Cole Caulfield did that, who was basically his running mate and owes a lot of his goals to Jack Hughes. So as good as Capo Caco has been, as good of an opening game that he did have, and yes, some people are saying maybe it's a little closer than we thought, but you're not going to pass on the franchise center. I just don't see it happening with how good of a year Jack Hughes had, which only bodes well for us. I mean, Kako had an amazing game today. Uh, JL, I, Kevin posed this question, so he'll answer last here. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that the gap has gotten a little closer, or do you think people are blowing this a little bit out of proportion and that it's still safe to say that Kako will be on the New York Rangers come uh, June 21st? I, I think they're – blowing it out of proportion because you have to look at the needs, the needs assessment for both teams. So yeah, if let's just say the Rangers end up picking Jack Hughes. Okay. Let's just say theoretically speaking, Kako goes to New Jersey. So then what would end up happening is one of the, one of the many few Ranger centers, not named uh, Mika Zibanejad is going to play center or is going to play wing rather, but doesn't really help the Devils in any way that they decide to pick a winger because the one thing that they lack the most is center depth. So if you're going to tell me that the Devils are going to be stupid enough to pass up on a guy who's breaking all these records for the United States National Development Team, all because, you know, who's their second-line center? Travis Dajak. Ideally, you'd want to bump him down to your third line and you just throw Jack Hughes on number two and have he should play first-line center. So ideally, I don't think it's really much of an argument anymore. I just think I just think one tweet got sent out by the Devils, and now all of a sudden everyone wants to try and troll Ranger fans. It's it, if it ends up happening, then then obviously Ray Shiro has something in mind. But from right now, from just from what everything looks like and the way the Devils are currently constructed, he's going number one, Jack Hughes, and the Rangers will get Capo Caco at number two. It's not a consolation prize. It's it's perfect. It just fits oh no, yeah, perfectly. This so is I know I just, a one type is, of situation. Yeah, I just I don't think this is necessarily, you know, it's just really at this point. You see, the thing is now we're we're getting close to the draft. The Stanley Cup playoffs are close to finishing, and I just honestly think that people need something to talk about. And and it doesn't help that the New Jersey Devils uh, Twitter account is showing clips of both the um, plays of uh, Kevin, Kevin Caco. Gosh, uh, <laughs> Kevin <laughs> um, Caco. <laughs> Yeah, shut up, Kevin. <laughs> um, they're showing showing stuff of uh, Capo Caco and Jack Hughes, and it's just turning Twitter into a tizzy. And then you got Larry Brooks saying in his article, I uh, came out today saying, well, he's going to look good next to Nico Heischer. Like, come on. Really? Come on. It's just, well, I, it's you just, it's just, you just can't see it. That's what it is. It's, of it's course more it of like come clickbait, on. and it's just, oh, how many people can react to a post before it goes viral? It's just, it's it's dumb. It's the post isn't what it used to be. I mean, like, yeah. ever since the internet came along and, you know, really started to take hold of, you know, sports media and sports, you know, entertainment. And, and it's and just, you know, it's, it's a cry for just like, hey, look at me kind of kind of crap. Yeah, no, so, agreed. And and look, and look at, look at, look at, like I said, look at, you know, the fact that we're still in the Stanley Cup playoffs and the draft is clearly um, over a about month a away. month away. So it's over a month away. So you have all this time to, if your team is not in the playoffs, then you have all this space in between to, you know, unless your team is making organizational changes like the Rangers would potentially do and maybe hiring a president 
or if your team is hiring a new GM, then there's really nothing going on with your team. And especially with the New Jersey Devils, with them, nothing's really going on for them right now outside of getting the number one pick. And then you look at the New York Rangers, who, you know, like myself and like everybody else, we're all anticipating the future to come. So all this stuff is just coming up and all these arguments are coming through. And I just think it's ridiculously absurd and just kind of self-serving and unnecessary. Well, no, I completely agree. If you think about it here, I mean, look, you have a guy who's also, and let's be real, let's be, let's be real here. There's a center bias in the NHL. If someone's a center iceman, they are, they get looked at more than the wingers do, which is, I understand why the center's on the ice more, controls the play more, but the biggest thing the here is you know, also it, kind of looked at as the third defenseman. He really is the first yeah, guy back. Yeah, He's more exactly defensively responsible than anybody else on the now there was a tweet like, out of the there was movie. a tweet sent out today. I forget exactly who sent it out, but uh, apparently the tweet said this kind of added fuel to this whole fire too. That um, someone with a source on the inside said that if it was any other team besides the New Jersey Devils with the first pick, that it would be a toss-up still. Now what's interesting about that is that the Devils do have ties to Hughes. Uh, John Hines is currently coaching Jack Hughes at the World Championships. He's an assistant coach with Team USA. Uh, the Devils also have some family connections with him, although I'm not sure what the exact connection is because I'm not, not up to date on the Devils, Hall things like that. To a something like, extent. well, I think there's something like, so it's like your, it's your I, I know MVP that within the organization has some family connection with him as well. But point being that Jack Hughes will be going to the New Jersey Devils first overall. Book it. It's going to happen. They need a center to play behind Heischer. Uh, he sh- like, look at how Ray Shiro builds his teams also. Look how he built the team in Pittsburgh. Two dominant centers down the middle, and you build around them. That's what he's building in New Jersey. Two dominant centers in Hughes and Heischer, and you build around them for the future. So book it. Hughes is going one. Cock will be coming two to the New York Rangers. And don't worry about it. Simple as that. It's being blown out of proportion from some clickbaity stuff from some people. And that's all you need to worry about, people. I mean – if you know, Kaka will be a New York Ranger, so I don't think that's anything that uh, honestly warrants for further discussion here. Um, but moving on, uh, I would like to talk about exactly what Capo Kako did today. Now, did both of you see the game before we get into this? I saw highlights because you know people work during the day, Russell. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I saw the important stuff. I saw what he was doing with the puck. I saw how he controlled the puck, and the biggest takeaway from it was, like you said before, I don't know if JL and Russ, that he's playing with men, and not just any men. He's playing with the best Canadians that aren't in the playoffs right now or the ones that aren't hurt. So there, there was that crazy stat of all of these goals scored by the Canadian players tallied up versus the Finnish players, and Capo Caco had two of the goals in the game. Out of the out of the four, right, three to one final, and correct. It just goes to show. It's just you know, he's a big-bodied winger. He obviously has the the skill set and the physicality to be an NHL-ready player, and he showed that today. And don't get me wrong, like Finland produces good talent. You know, Patrick Line is on the Winnipeg Jets. He was just picked what what was it third overall a couple years ago. Patrick and, Line was second, second overall. Kevin, shame second. on you. Shame on you, Kevin. I'm sorry. They get bundled up when the Rangers are in the playoffs so much. <laughs> I'm not used to this. Um, but, uh, no, but, I mean, like, Finland produces, so, like, solid NHL players, but it's not Canada. It's not, you know, Sweden. It's not the USA to a certain extent. 
And so, you know, you have this big body guy and playing against the literally the best uh the best country in the in the world in hockey and he makes them look foolish. He's he's making it look like he's a veteran of like five years and he's just hitting his prime against these guys. And that's why he's gonna go, you know, in the top two. And that's why I posed that question because he does look like, like you said, if it wasn't for, you know, the Devils, all the connections, he could be considered to be first. You can have the Nico Heischer, Nolan Patrick situation all over again where who knows who's going to get picked first. And a lot of people are leaning Patrick and then it ends up being Heischer. But it's, it's just, he's just such a good player. You watch any of his highlights and you don't even have to watch the tournament. It's just, he is just smooth. He is crisp with his passes and he's very, very talented. He's a, like, he, he shows that he plays good. He's, on the first, he's playing the last minute of the game. He's playing crucial yeah. minutes. Like, and that is an games. important thing to note here, that he was indeed on the ice in the last minute of the game. An 18-year-old was being trusted to play those minutes against a really good Canadian team who was pushing and almost nearly scored the equalizer. And what does he do? Makes a great play and scores the empty net for his second of the game. And Kaka was also named player of the game today, which was really special for his for uh, the 18-year-old. Now, Kako had a great debut. It looks like he's going to light the world championships on fire, which would be awesome, similar to how Patrick Lyon did in his draft year. So with that being said, uh, JL, now it's clear that the Rangers are going to get this guy at this point in time, okay? So is this the guy who next season, does David Quinn say to him, You're, the top role six, the top six role is yours to lose, or – does he make him work for just as hard as everyone in camp? I I think he has to work as hard as everyone else does. I don't think it's necessarily fair that it's given to him because, you know, we see, you know, if you look at past stuff, you look, you look at past players kind of like Alexander Daig and, you know, a lot of other draft busts that they just kind of got thrust upon there. You know, he needs to light a fire under him. He needs to tell him, look, kid, you're here, you've got the skill, you got to work for it just like everyone else. Uh, it, he is no exception. Absolutely talented player. I got a chance. I didn't get a chance to see the whole game today, um, but I got a chance to check out some highlights. I, I took a look at his goal, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It, it reminded me of a lot of the times, and this is going to be a weird comparison, but it reminded me a lot of when I used to, we used to watch Marion Gabrick play. And one of the things that Gabrick always did very well to me in my mind was find space past defenders, especially with that stupid speed he had. Even when he was hurt, he had amazing speed when he was healthy. So when I saw that, I got reminded of Gabrick. And, he, you know, Kako has a lot more oomph to it because he's a bigger kid and he's going to end up being a bigger player than Gabrick was. So when, when you see or when I see comparisons like that, I think it's going to be great. But he's going to have to work. He will be no exception. There was nobody on the team last season that got an exception. You know, everyone had to work hard. Everyone had to play. Everyone had to prove their worth, and everyone had to say, look, I'm going to have to play this way to, you know, play hard. And you can see that that attitude started to manifest itself, at you know, towards the second half of the season because – you know, the, the first part of the season, you know, even with the nine-game winning streak, they were finding their way, and, you know, they were really trying to find some kind of identity. And even though they were up and down, even after the nine-game winning streak, 
at, you could see that they were becoming a unit because they were starting to buy into the, we need to play hard to win. And, you know, Russ, you, you, we were there that one game towards the end of the season. They were, you know, they were playing a much better Columbus team. And these guys were Absolutely. putting it all out there. All the Absolutely. guys on the team, all the guys on the team, including people who you didn't expect to do well this season, like Buchnevich and, and, and Howden and all these, you know, Lemieux, all these guys that were bringing it there all. So with the way Quinn has coached this team this season, he's definitely going to have to make him earn his, you know, earn his stripes. And, you know, if he gets, you know, if he, I trust that they will, you know, use him in the right way. If he ends up, uh, you know, lollygagging or not doing well, then, you know, justifiably so, he may sit a game. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you've got to instill that hardworking culture. And David Quinn has said it over and over and over again, and we are now seeing the results in a lot of these players, and I think it'll have to happen to Kako too. Well, and I think that's at, a perfect answer. Look at it this way, man. You know, the 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 whole the whole Quinn perspective is great. It's just he has to have a bigger leash than he really does, especially in the beginning of the season. He still has to look at this next year as a rebuilding year. He has to give. Like I'm not going to say throw the top six guys of all you know 23 and younger. That's just ridiculous. You have to have some veteran presence on the ice, but. You have to give these kids more room to grow than he's letting them. Like we look at Leah Anderson is a perfect example, and it's hard to say because he really didn't have a good start to the year when he was up, and then he sent down. He's brought back up, sent back down. You know, it's just it's inconsistent play. It just just added to his inconsistent season, and but it doesn't help that he's playing maximum twelve minutes a game. Maybe like <laughs> he's playing fourth line minutes with Boone Nieves and whatever grinder they want to bring up from Hartford this this year. So I think with Kako, especially in the beginning of the year when he is getting used to a smaller ice surface, when he is, you know, kind of adjusting to the NHL, you know, bigger, faster style of play, that you can't just be like, oh, you didn't really perform the way I wanted you to in the first 10 games, now you're going to sit for two games. You can't do that with him. No, you, you want to know how to counteract that? You you want to know how to counteract that? Honestly, if you're David Quinn, you want to know how mm. you counteract that by, by putting him on a line with a veteran forward or at least a veteran center. Because well, then at put, least – If you really he, want to get he, the best out be of out there. Well, absolutely. Well, like, yeah, absolutely. There's no, there's no, there's I agree. No doubt about that. I agree. And obviously the same would have to apply to Leas Anderson. You know, it's, unfor- it's unfortunate. I think he – I think – I want to say Anderson played with Strom. Towards the end of the season, it was it was kind of muddy, but I, I, well, I think it was that it was, was all like mixed up towards the end of the year. But go, yeah. going off that that strong point, it's like let's say you put Anderson centering like Brendan Lemieux and you know Jimmy VC or something like that, or you know something where he has some sort of protection just so he can get a little bit you know more room, or even mm-hmm. don't put him at center, put him at the wing, put a veteran center in the middle, and just have him get used to the ice service. Heart, you know the AHL is such a big step, even though it's the first affiliate down, it's the, such a big step into the NHL because I think he had 23 points in like 36 games of inconsistent yeah. play during the season for the AHL. And he was fantastic, but he has to show that he's more of a, you know, bona fide, you know, NHL player, not just a fantastic AHL player, which is well, just the same, terrible. The same rules, terrible to think about the seventh overall pick that we traded for that he's just not as good as we want him to be. It's just he's got to get more well, of a the, chance. Well, the same to, rules that they – no, I agree. And the same rules that applied to Filipino, I, I don't understand. Filipino ended up getting more more of a leash, at least in the fans' eyes. 
But I guess mm-hmm. maybe because he showed flashes of scoring. But again, you have to under, a lot of people have to understand that when it comes to developing certain type of players, not all high-end draft picks are going to come off well right off the bat, especially when you get out of the one to three or one to four range. You know, mm-hmm. those guys, are, it's a mixed bag. You look at Frederick Gauthier, the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was a high he was a high draft pick in the first round. And all the yep. Toronto Maple Leafs fans expected him to be this wonderkind. He's a good player, but he's a tertiary piece player that good teams tend to have. And the problem was that they see first round and they people see first round and they say, Oh, he's not scoring sixty oh, goals right oh, off they the bat. They didn't they didn't so produce immediately ridiculous. when they came into the NHL, but yeah. it's, it's he, he even, but that, you can say that about literally anything, any sport. You could talk about wow. baseball, football, you know, you know, basketball, and and hockey, where it's like, oh, the top ten guy didn't do well right away. I'm shocked. Yeah, Straight get something for him because he's, he's he's garbage. But, but you, you also know, but you also look at it example, this way too. A good example of that though, JL, is Brendan Lemieux. You know, he was picked absolutely. I think early second round by um by Buffalo, traded to Winnipeg, and then traded to New York. And you know, in Winnipeg, he had a plus ten. He had I think eleven points in. I want to say 68 games, maybe. I don't remember exactly how many games, but he was playing. His average time of ice was eight minutes on the fourth mm-hmm. line. And then you bring him here, you know, he has more of a role. He gets some power play time, he gets some penalty kill time, obviously. And he gets to play with some better talent in like Ryan Strom, Jimmy Vesey, you know, Philip Hedo, literally just anybody. And you see that his, his points per game go up. Now, I'm not calling him, you know, Capo Caco. I'm not calling him Jack Hughes, but. He's a good no, he's not. a good piece. You got him for what you wanted to get. He's like he reminds me a bit a little bit like Brandon Prust or you know, Sean Avery where oh, you know Prusty. To a certain oh, yeah. to, to a certain extent to a certain extent where it's the guy who gets in your face, he agitates the other team, but he can still score a goal on you. He can still throw a nice pass down the middle and he can still kick your ass. Mm-hmm. Which is fantastic, yep. which I love about him. That's what I loved about him. And that's why the Rangers should sign him. If you think, you know, let him go, I think you're crazy. He he's a he could be an integral part and he could protect you know the young guys like Capo and Leas and 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 Tito. all of these younger guys who are under the age of you know twenty one who can't even, they can't even drink yet here it's just it's just blasphemy. <laughs> the kid kid so, scores a goal you could at least buy him a beer or something. Yeah right. I mean I mean look at it this way I think you guys all made great points. I think David Quinn is of course going to make Capo Caco earn his ice time, but I think the kid is going to earn it in spades. I think we're going to see him on the first line by, if we're not, if not by the beginning of the season, definitely by Christmas, he's going to be on the first line with Mika Zibanejad. He's that good. Uh, especially we're if seeing not it, scoring. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing it already. We're seeing what he can do against men. We've seen it all year in Liga, and now we're seeing it at the World Championships where it's the best of the best, and the guy, lit, he lit the, he was lighting the world on fire already, so let's hope it continues over the course of the tournament, and he just further solidifies that the Rangers have a superstar in their hands. Now, another thing I would definitely like to bring to attention here is that the Rangers now, with uh, Dallas not making the Western Conference Final and with the Tampa Bay Lightning being gone a few weeks ago, we have two picks in the first round of the 2019 NHL entry draft. That is, of course, number two, and that is now pick 20. So, what do we do with that pick? This has been a very like heated topic of discussion with the writers of Forever Blue Shirts. People on Twitter have been arguing about this as well. Do you use it? Do you use it to trade up? Do you package it with another player to possibly trade up? Well, my personal opinion here, for pick number 20, I think that that pick should be packaged with Chris Kreider 
and I think it should be offered to a team that needs scoring, a team that's maybe a little closer to the New York Rangers, and the Rangers should try to move up with that pick as best they can. Kevin posted a great article about – Kevin, how, how how would you say, about a week ago the article went up about Chris Kreider? Yeah, it, well, it was very controversial because everybody told me that I knew nothing, and I'm okay, an idiot well, because, you know, being, you don't want to take a better player. <laughs> point being, okay. Chris Kreider is going to get a very lengthy deal on his next contract. This is how it's going to go. No matter what. And, if, and if he's not re-signed this summer, it's going to drag on, like, the Hayes situation, the Zuccarello situation into next season. So if the Rangers don't plan on offering him that big extension that he's probably going to be looking for, uh, you know, and they should be wary of that. Look at the Lucic extension. Look what happens to power forwards as they age. Um, I think if the Rangers are very are willing to trade Kreider, it should be at the draft. It should be with the pick, and they should try to move up. Um, you know, I'm looking at a team like, you know, maybe the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim want a shot in the arm. Maybe they don't think it's over yet. Maybe a team like – maybe a team – like the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm not saying it would happen, but they're a lot closer to contention than we are. Well, you'll get there when it's your turn, Kevin. Well, And another team I could see them possibly trading with um, that would fit kind of the mold would be um, maybe even the Florida Panthers. I could see them getting this kind of, you know, they could be a little bit down closer. Are you Right now, actually, not really. I'm just trying to think of teams that have like picked oh, higher okay. than us, and I think it, it would like work. It's like one of those things where it's like, huh, which one is should I pick? No, I, I mean, I know they all pick higher, <laughs> and I think they're all teams that are a lot closer to contention. It's kind of funny how that works yeah. since they, you know, but um, well, you, you I think that what, you all, teams got like that, Lucic at the time, true. I think that, and, so, and you know, Kreider's yeah. younger, and he he hasn't had as much of an impact as Lucic had for the Bruins when he got traded. But point You're being, I think him packaged with packaged with a pick, yeah, of course could net the Rangers possibly a higher pick or something else that they desire in this draft. So for me, that pick is definitely in play, but if they do decide to take that pick, boy, would I like a defenseman like Moritz Sider or possibly Cam York at that position? Cause that would be really cool. But uh, since with the decision to sign Adam Fox, I mean, it, it's looking like they're going to go forward heavy. And in that case, God, I really hope he'd be there that late, but Arthur Kaliev would be a nice addition at number 20. Uh, Kevin, I, I said yeah. you, you answered last on the last question, so now you're going to answer second here. Uh, what do you think Ooh. is the optimal thing for them to do with the 20th pick in this draft? You can go any well, direction but, you would like. Uh, okay, I'd like to go sideways and just mm-hmm. say, <laughs> no, I think trading down would be the most ideal situation for them because they're rebuilding. And you got to look, Chris Kreider is, you know, it's one more year in his contract. You want them to trade down? Is that what you said? You want them to trade down? I I don't know. Yeah, trade down. Or trade up, Kevin. Down? Oh, really? I'm looking at it as low, uh, down as in a lower, lower numbered pick, as in. Oh, so you want them to trade up. Okay, Kevin. I get confused. (laughs) (laughs) It's lower numbers. Why is it trading up? It makes no sense. (laughs) But, yeah, and you trade up to the top 10 possibly. And one of the teams that I can see would want, you know, a power forward veteran, you know, leadership kind of guy, you know, goal scorer can score from that same position at all the time is uh, the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, it seems like they're always missing one key aspect that just doesn't, that just is missing from the whole entire situation. And, you know, now you have Rasmus Dahlin in the mix and now it's his second year. So you really don't have to worry about defense as much. Like I'm not too keen on, you know, Buffalo's defensive situation, but 
their offensive situation outside of Jack Eichel is, and you know, if Jeff Skinner wants to resign there, is just it doesn't really seem like anybody. Kyle Poso is Matt is Matt Molson isn't still there, is he? I don't remember. Matt Molson? You know, no, I don't, don't think he no. is. I, don't, I think if he is, it's no. a problem. I don't think he's on that team yeah, anymore. Though. Yeah, no, that's that. See, that's why I was. That's, but regardless. You know, Buffalo seemed like to be like the team to beat in the beginning of the year. They were contending with Tampa Bay for the top seed in the Atlantic Division. Everybody's like, "Oh wow, Buffalo's really put it together with all these young guys." Jack Eichel's looking amazing. Rasmus Stalin looks like a you know, you know he's gonna he's gonna just light up the world. He's the next Eric Carlson. He's better than Eric Carlson. And then they just hit a note. They just take a note dive. You know, they, they, it's just they don't have that extra scoring ability either on the second line or even just put him in the put Chris Carter in the first line. Buffalo doesn't want to turn into Edmonton where they keep getting these draft picks and they just get younger and younger and nothing happens with it. No one wants to be Edmonton because Edmonton just goes nowhere. And I, I give it two more years before Connor McDavid says, I'm out. You have to trade me somewhere else because I'm just not going to play. I don't want to risk injury because you guys I can't. I take, I take. But I'm not, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. New GM whole new system going in, new head coach coming soon. But, you know, I you don't want to beat – Jack Eichel doesn't want to beat Connor McDavid where he's put on this big deal and just has nothing to show for it. Buffalo is a little different, but, you know, than Edmonton. But at the same time, they have the same – they have a similar path. They were snubbed for Connor McDavid. They, they you know, they had consolation prize. All They just always get consolation prizes. I feel so bad for them until last year with Rasmus Stalin. It's just – Buffalo seems like the clear-cut choice. Or even for you, Russell, Vancouver. You know, your your little Canadian team besides Toronto mm. Maple Leafs. You know, <laughs> I, I, think Vancou- I think Vancouver is – I don't think Vancouver's at that point where, they're, where they would I do think, that yet. I, I think, think maybe another one, year or two. I think two years away. I think they're two years away yeah. from really being a threat. But, you know, yeah. Brock Besser, possibly, Elias possibly. Peterson, you got these now, young guys that are you know, producing now. Why not, Ed yeah. JL. The twentieth pick. What is your optimal situation for them to do do with that pick? Well, honestly, if we're all in the business of trading for a guy like trading a guy like Chris Kreider, which I honestly think is a little bit absurd, honestly, but I understand why. Um, you're that you're gonna, man, aren't you? Don't don't even get me started, Kevin. Um, <laughs> um, no, but if if, if Chris Kreider is going to get traded, I don't think you package the twentieth overall. Unless you're the only way you can package that 20th overall with Chris Kreider is if you're getting a player who is who is going to be fighting for a spot on the NHL roster because there have been better players who have been traded for less. So yes, I understand that Jeff Gordon is a magician; he knows what he's doing, but I, I don't think he'll get a hefty return for Kreider. So that being said, if if Chris Kreider is going to get traded, you select someone who has that kind of speed that Kreider presents at 20th overall because I maintain the same position every single time I talk about Chris Kreider is that the Rangers need to find a guy who can replicate that speed. Will it be Capocacco? Will it be Filipito? We don't know yet. But the thing with Kreider is Kreider is arguably one of the fastest players in the league. There's no doubt about that. I think and Andreas Athanasiu is probably another one that could probably be up there. You need speed in this game. Granted, Kreider probably has hands of stone outside of the fact that he can shoot a puck down the wing very well, which I saw it in person many times, and it's fantastic. But the rain, uh, let me turn it back a little bit. 
So let's go back to the summer where the Rangers traded Carl Hagman to the Ducks for Emerson Edom. I was on the bus to go to a Met game that day, and I absolutely hated that trade from the first day on. So then they start that season, and they didn't have any. I think that's a consensus. No, No one thought that was a good trade. It was just for cap issues. But but I don't mean to interrupt you, JL. But you're gonna you're gonna sign a guy based off of speed, where typically you see these power forwards start to decline around okay, this time. Okay, but what and then I said was the same situation with Carl Hagelin, where you're gonna trade for someone less of of Chris Kreider just to get but, some cap relief. It's it's it's, but it's back. The point I'm trying the point I'm trying to make though is if they trade Kreider, I'm in the camp that they should keep him, but I wouldn't be upset if they did. The point I'm trying to make is is that if you're going to trade Chris Kreider. You trade him with one of your second-round picks, and you use the number 20 pick because Kreider was picked 19th. Let's remember that, 2009 or 2010, if I'm correct. Kreider was picked 19th. He was in the John Tavares draft, if I'm correct. And you you need to find a way to replicate that speed in the player. I'm not saying that none of the guys that the Rangers currently have are fast like him, but you need a guy like that on your team. I always maintain the position that, again, I'm going back to the story. Rangers didn't replicate the Carl Hagelin speed on that team, and they were absolutely dreadful. They were able to get into the playoffs there because they had a good first half, and Jason Megno all of a sudden started scoring goals for some reason. So, But when they played Pittsburgh in the playoffs that year, you know, with guys like Eric Stahl and all these other guys who were just absolutely dreadful for them in that series, they had no speed yet. Phil Kessel, perfect example, lighting the Rangers up because he's just zooming down the wing. So even though I'm against it, I wouldn't be upset if they traded Kreider. You trade Kreider for a, a, a pick that's in like the second or third round. You package maybe two picks or whatever if you're trying to get rid of them, you know, like Russell says and all that. And then you draft in 20, you draft a guy who can replicate that speed. Because, again, speed is important in this game. And Chris Kreider has definitely used his speed to help the Rangers out on many occasions. So if you're going to trade him, you need to find a way to supplement that need of speed for Chris Kreider. Now, personally, do I think the Rangers should keep him? Absolutely. I'm a little crazy like that. You guys can disagree with me all you want, but you know what? But I don't think Kreider's going to – You said you said you would trade Chris Kreider and one of the second-round picks for what exactly? No, what do you, think you have you to trade – you would just trade him for either other picks or a tertiary-type player, and then what you do is with the 20th overall pick – you pick someone who has a similar skill set that you can develop to fill the gap that Kreider is going to leave. So you're essentially no, no, that's not, moving. That's not the question I had. The question was, what do you think you would get for a return of that? What, a second you would round probably, pick? I no. You really think not. that you, you you would get a first round get a, pick? You would at least go down. No. Or up. Sorry, whatever. If, it is. No, if you're trading, if you're trading Chris Kreider. And a bunch of second round picks, you're probably gonna if you're gonna trade him for at least one or two picks with Chris Kreider, you probably get maybe an abundance of picks, or if the team doesn't deem it to be that much, you probably end up getting a couple of thirds and maybe a player in return. But either way, it's not it's not really more of the trade return for Kreider, it's more of trading Kreider, getting rid of the contract, which I understand completely because, you know, again, this is a salary cap league and you need to have the room. And I understand that we have to, you know, they have to keep, you know, the focus on young players, which I understand, you know, I'm a, I'm a passionate fan and, and keeping Chris Kreider is, is, is definitely illogical, but you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing to keep him. But if you did trade him, you need to find a way to find someone in the draft at that 20th overall pick to at least, fill the gap that he's going to present because Chris Kreider, you know, 
Say what you but want then, about the guy. Because the guy's a difference two to three maker. Years until this guy ever even shows his face close. But to again, NHL. but Kevin, yeah, but Kevin, you have we have a bunch of young guys on the team that are just as exactly. fast. Now, if, so if it wouldn't Chris be Pryor, too much of a loss. If Chris wants to sign an extension for two years after this, just to prove his worth, or wants to stay on the team, take a team-friendly contract. But I'm also hey, perfect, even better. Hey, even better. I, I Great, do so. But but either way, either way, you need to live in a fantasy land where everybody gets what they want. Children, children. Don't Boy. Listen, listen. Calm listen down. Here. Finally interjects after waiting. Yeah, you can't call me a child. I'm older I, than I both did. of you guys. I, 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 I needed to, to listen out, but you guys are guys are going a little crazy here. So here's the deal. Here's the deal, right? We have crazy one side that wants to trade Kreider, one side that doesn't want to trade Kreider. I understand. And I love Chris Kreider. But I think you have to look at it on a cap situation. I think you, you can't have that Absolutely. on your books when in a few years you're going to need to re-sign Cocker, you're going to need to sign Kravtsov, Fox, Heedle, the list of the young guys going down. Thing. You know what I mean? It, it's going to be a lot. Again, and you're not going to want this on the books. That's what I'm saying. I agree with that. Yeah. I'm but, essentially but you're, agreeing you're, with that. Just like I said, I'm agreeing so with it. You're saying you need to replicate the speed. You're saying you need to replicate the speed, right? If so, you trade Kreider, you need to replicate the speed. That's what I'm saying. If, I'm not against, I'm not okay. against moving Chris Kreider. I'm absolutely okay. not. It's just that so if you, you, at who, the end of the day, the team needs to find a way to replicate that speed. So who would you say, so, if they if they keep 20, who is a prospect you, you could see them taking there that would help them replicate that speed? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. That's a tough one, dude. No, really, there there is a lot. Uh, this is going to be my irrational uh, selection, and I don't think he's going to drop that far. And Jim is going to hate me for saying this, but if somehow through the magical <laughs> vine, uh, if Kaliev isn't there at twenty, because I, I saw some clips of Kaliev, you know, he's he's quick, he's he's quick enough. I I don't think Vasily Podkolzin is going to make it to twenty, but I mean, if he's there, you could take him. <laughs> But I, that's something that I would have to look more into. But I think those two guys would probably be ideal. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, look, twenty is a good spot. I think there's still going to be a lot of good NHL talent there. Personally, at twenty, God, who would I even? I don't. I feel like the best person to target. I think Kaliev would be a good one. I think that there's a chance he falls there, and I think he'd be a really quality guy there. But if they do Absolutely. decide to trade Kreider, and if they did move up, uh, and they could somehow move into the, the the early teens, maybe uh, maybe a 10 or a 9 if they were getting really creative. So you have two top 10s or something around that area. I would love if they could add Matthew Boldy. Matthew Boldy would be a fantastic add. The kid has great hockey smarts. Plays. He's a bit. He's not as crazy of a goal scorer as Cole Caulfield is. But if you're looking for a guy that's solid and 200 for the ice and can, you know, he's a little bigger size. I, and he's also one of these really good kids from the USN TDP. I think he'd be a really good target if they moved up. But point being, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts, and there's going to be moving parts on the draft floor. Uh, you know, picks get traded the second before teams go up on the stage. So this is going to be a very fluid situation up until draft night. Uh, Kevin, you're in the trade Kreider camp. So if they do move up, one last thing on this topic, who could you see them taking with a little bit of a higher pick in the first round? Um, I'm I'm a little. Uh, bias towards Cole Caulfield if they do get up that way. He's really shown like, you know, more maturity this season and he's really, you know, playing a lot better than he a lot of people thought he did. The problem with this draft though is past Capo Caco, it's just a toss up. You know, you have Vitaly Pod Colson going third or you have him going like eleventh. 
it's it's such a, it's such a hard you know decision to make. But I like Cole Caulfield. I like his game. I like his style. And I feel like you know with time you know playing somewhere like you know not in the NHL obviously right away. But you know take time with the development. You know we have a lot of good young forwards now. You know people you know because we all that's all we talk about. So you know I I think I think that's the best thing. Like it's it's just hard. It it really is. And I think it just depends on who gets picked first or before him. But yes, Cole Caulfield. You like Cole Caulfield? That is my choice. Yeah. I would like, I like that. So I think everybody consensus, likes consensus, if they move up, grab one of these US and TDP wingers like Boldy or Caulfield. If they stick with 20, Absolutely. try to get a guy like Kaliev. He's a, he's a part um, and he, That's what he does. Yeah, he, exactly. He gets, he gets high-level chances and he scores, and he's great with Or the you keep riding for another year, and you see what happens at, by the deadline. But I'd say he would most assuredly be gone by the deadline if they're not going to re-up him in the summer. I'm, I'm and we're probably going to have a Kevin Hayes-like situation. I'm afraid the Rangers are going to be good enough where they think they can perform. Like, they're not going to trade any for anyone big. Like, I think Jeff Gordon knows that he's still in a rebuild, and if we do try to make the playoffs, like, maybe minor trades during the deadline. I'm just afraid that we're going to get nothing for him because they're going to realize we can't. No, I don't him. think that's true. I don't have, think that's real. Yeah, I think they have, I don't think they have to four RFAs at the end of next year. It's just it's a tough, it's a tough call. Yeah. And it's going to be a tough call up until they make the decision whether to re-sign or trade him. And I have a feeling the saga is not going to end for a little while. But uh, it's still a very hot topic of debate. And the 20th pick is going to be very interesting to see what exactly the Rangers do decide to do with it. Um, now, there's um, there's another thing I would like to talk about here. And that is with the Columbus Blue Jackets being eliminated by the Boston Bruins, John Davidson is now free to talk to the New York Rangers. So, do you think this hiring is as imminent as people are saying? Apparently, if you're reading into what's been going on, Davidson has been the choice from the beginning for the New York Rangers. They want John Davidson back running the show. Um, they want him to be the president. They like the experience he has. And I mean, everyone loves JD. I mean, even at 1994 championship celebration night, JD was getting some of the loudest cheers in the building. He is a beloved figure at Madison square garden. I personally think that this is going to be a thing of, hey, J.D., coming for an interview? Okay, you're hired. I mean, it seems that formality. way. They're not really interviewing. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a formality. I mean, they're not really interviewing anyone else. There's no other names that have come up except for kind of Steve Eiserman and Mark Messier. Steve Eiserman decided to take the GM job in Detroit with Ken Holland moving on to Edmonton. Mark Messier doesn't seem like there really hasn't been anything else mentioned with him besides the original report. So this is honestly probably John Davidson's job to lose. So with that being said, Kevin, do you think John Davidson will be a nice fit as the president of the New York Rangers? Uh, when it comes to the front office stuff, I'm not too keen on it. But from what you guys talk about, you know, just doing a little bit of research, and with the added benefit that Artemi Panarin could be a little enticed to come mm, to New York. There it is. Board, See, there, 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 the storyline gets added on. And I won't be too angry about it, but <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I, I really don't have that much to say on the matter. I like what he did for us and I like that he could replicate it. It's just, I don't want someone like Mark Messier and nothing against Mark Messier as, as uh front office guy as you know a player a coach or anything in that matter it's just he needs more experience he needs more front office experience before i could even consider him for a president's job it's like it's it's just it's just one of those things you want someone with experience especially in a rebuilding time 
where it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do with these players. Yeah. Here's how we're going to approach it. This is what we're going to do with scouting. This is what we're going to do with the draft. And, you know, ideally you're going to have him before the draft. You know, you have a month. And remember, important thing to remember here is that uh, Davidson has overseen a program in St. Louis. He's, he's helped run the mm-hmm. Blues, and he has helped run the Blue Jackets as well. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He's one of the people that made the decision for Columbus to pass on Yessi Puglia-Yarvi and pick Pierre-Luc Dubois, so the guy knows his scouting stuff as well. Uh, I mm-hmm. think he'll, it'll be a kind of one of these seamless fits where he'll let Gorton take care of the day-to-day, let Gorton do his job, and, but overall – uh, they'll be a nice. They'll have a nice relationship when it comes to business matters. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Do you think um, that Davidson? Do you think he's the correct hire for this team at this time in their rebuilding process? Absolutely. Why would anyone think otherwise? I mean, you know, like you said, <laughs> Russ, when JDJ and every, whenever JD comes around, it's always it's always you know beloved. He comes around and everyone just loses their mind. Now, if you know, if Mark Messier really wants to get taken seriously, he needs to pull the Steve Eiserman route, and he just needs to sit in the front office for a couple of years and just learn some things. You know, Eiserman did that, and then as he went through the Red Wings organization as like an advisor to the GM and all that, you know, you build up your acumen a little bit, you know, maybe work with the Canadian national team like Eiserman did. Eiserman did it the right way. So, you know, if if Messier wants to end up getting that kind of spot, he needs to he needs to earn it. But JD, absolutely. I mean, there's no question about it. He knows the fans. He's very well versed in what he knows, and he's just all around a good fit. He's a good liaison to the owner to you know Gordon. He's all for what the Rangers are doing, just from reading you know his reactions and how he's spoken about the team. Uh, so it really is. It's no it's a no brainer, honestly. Yeah, and. Hopefully soon. I don't think they would announce it, obviously, with the playoffs. You know, both division, both conference finals are going on. So I think if they choose to announce it soon, it would be something like before the Stanley Cup final or maybe wait until after the Stanley Cup final leading up into the draft uh, where we'd hear about something about Davidson. But I think Davidson would fit seamlessly. He'd let Gordon do his job. And like I said, they'd have a nice relationship moving forward throughout this rebuild and making sure the Rangers don't go off board with the second pick, which some people still fear. Um, I, but no. I, I think uh, I think the tweets <laughs> just speak for themselves. Or the yeah, tweets, I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, just, now I, I, I guess there's no there's no need to worry. No, there's no need to worry. The Rangers will definitely pick one of those two. Whoever Ray Shiro does not pick, Jeff Gordon will pick the other one. And honestly, Ray Shiro's got more pressure on him because it's up to him to make sure he makes the right decision and doesn't help a division rival get better than his team. So, and not just any Absolutely. division rival. The division rival that is right across the river from him that can make problems for him every year, you know. So it's up to Ray Shiro. I mean, he's got all the pressure on him. So we can't go wrong. We honestly are in the best position possible going into the draft. Do you guys have any closing thoughts before we sign off for the week? Yes, I have a few, if that's okay. Go ahead. Enjoy. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. So (laughs) I know the biggest concern for the Rangers right now is defense. Um, terrible year defensively. Every guy struggled except for really Tony D'Angelo. And that being said, we saw Lever Hayek come up, and he got hurt, of course. And, you know, you and I were talking about this, uh, I think, yesterday, Russ, or two days ago. I think. And, you know, we saw that he just, you know, he is a solid player. And, you know, it's harder to judge a defensive player, you know, 
on just that. And with the likelihood of Smith most likely getting bought, bought out by the Rangers, they do have that buyout window to use. You know, how, how big of a role do you see Hayek playing, and even Adam Fox to a certain extent, you know, with, you know, shoring up the defense this year? You know, we have two more years till Keandre Miller comes. You don't know who we're going to pick in the, in the first or second round. It could be a defenseman, but we do have Lindgren, uh, Igor Rykov in the mix. You know, all of these younger defensive prospects, and it's just, when do you bring these guys up? When, when do you decide just, like, that's it? I'm, we're done fooling around. We'll take 50% of these guys' contracts, take Shattenkirk. You know, if Stahl wants to waive his no-movement clause, you trade Stahl, of course. And it's just, you know, their time is done. It's, it's, it's a youth movement now. It's, but, like, when is the right time to do all of this? It's yeah. a good point. It's a good point. But no, uh, I don't when? know. No, when, Russell, no when? I know. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Um, Did I throw you off? I'm sorry. I thought it was, me a little <laughs> bit. it was just going to flow today. We had no plan. Good grief. <laughs> you threw me a little Unless bit. Unless JL wanted to tackle this. <laughs> I think JL should tackle it first. JL. Tackle, tackle what exactly? <laughs> Basically, like... When do you start relying on the younger guys and just start to push oh. those veterans down in the defensive oh, Immediately. I mean, absolutely. You immediately. Say immediately. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if that. I don't know if you okay, want to okay. throw. So I don't know if you just All want right. to throw. You just plug guys in and go. Now, as much All as right. I would like to see Kravtsov and Kako and these guys immediately thrown into the fire, part of me kind of, part of me kind of wants to see them not immediately shoved onto the first line unless it's absolutely necessary and the team is starving for offense. I mean, no, absolutely you don't, don't want to see, you don't want to see their confidence get shattered. I mean, because look, if you put these guys on the first line, right? If you had a first line, let's say, for example, you put Kravtsov with Zibanejad and uh, Kako, right? You make like a two rookies with Zibanejad first line. If they're not getting going and then you're going to have to go against the first D pairs of all of these teams, you know, you're going to have to go against Char or Hedman or uh, Riley or Shabbat or, you know, the list could go on and on. But, you know, you don't want guys' confidence to get destroyed right off the bat. I say start them in the middle six and kind of ease them into it. If, if That's kind of my take on it. Well, okay. So, honestly, at this point, you really the, – the quicker you get them out there – the better, and I'm not saying just to throw them into the fire. The point I'm trying to make is is that you you supplement them with people who can support them. You know what I mean? So you know you could spread them amongst different lines. There's a lot of veterans on this team that would be, I'm sure, more than happy to play with these guys. So it, there's really no point in waiting anymore. The fact that they got the second overall pick really accelerates this rebuild. And if you end up if you end up getting a guy like an Artemi Panarin, or even on the lesser case, a Jeff Skinner, let's just say, you know, that's just an idea. But it's more than likely could be Panarin. You get a guy like that, then you can just throw him up there with the higher end guys, and then have the younger guys tear it up on the lower on the lower ranks. It's it's not really. You know, the, the Rangers want to contend within the next two years. Just judging off the, just judging off the quotes, judging off the, their attitude, judging off the way they've spoken about this whole process, and especially after they got the second overall pick, they want to get this thing moving quick. Okay, and it's not necessarily a bad thing because the way Gordon has handled the youth movement on this team, he's given them so much depth that 
you can afford to move a little bit further. Because, again, you, you mentioned teams like Edmonton and Buffalo earlier. How many times are you going to have to pick early and get these players in order to really build a foundation? You know, you don't get experience by being sheltered. Yeah, you, okay, you, you can play a guy in the AHL for a certain amount of time. Or you could even throw him on the fourth line for so much. But at the end of the day, they got to end up. If you're getting these guys to be impact players, they have to play against other impact players. And that makes their game a lot better. It's kind of like facing a rival. You want to know what your rival does. You want to see them. You want to read them. You get better by playing better players. So I think you gradually build them up. You could throw a Kako on the third line with a Kratzov or, you know, do whatever or stick them with the bandage at. But you got to get these guys in somehow. Philip Hedl, perfect example. He, you stick them with a good guy like Zibanejad and, and Buchnevich, and what do you know? The guy absolutely kills it. You, you, this is the time. It's right now. This team is going to be good within the next day. They might even have be halfway decent next year because I honestly think the pure talent with David Quinn's no attitude, uh, no with the no no nonsense BS attitude, get straight to the point kind of thing supplements itself perfectly. I I I may be crazy. People think I'm nuts, but you know what? I honestly think I trust this organization. I think they do a fantastic yeah. job in the scouting and, and the development. They'll be fine. It comes down to, honestly, Kevin, it comes down to if they prove themselves and they're showing that they earn those spots in the top six or even the top line, then I'm cool with it. If they're, I don't want them to put there just to be put there is the thing. That is what you want to avoid in a rebuild. You don't just want to shove people into roles they're not ready for. If they earn it and Kopko and Kopsov and them are ready for the big time, beautiful. I'm not saying shove them in immediately. I, 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 would, I would love if we had the top six of guys 25 and younger plus the Zibanejad. That would be a dream come true because that means they're all just so fantastic we really can't have no excuse. We have no excuse to put them lower. But my idea is let's say you're away. Let's say we're playing at Philadelphia or literally any other arena besides Madison Square Garden where home team has less change. And you put out your third line of Kako, Kratsov, and like Hedl, for example and whatever defensive pairings, whatever, and they throw out their best defensive pairing. They throw out their best defensive guys. That's how you know they're truly feared by another team. When another team is like, we have to put our best guys against these guys. That's when it's a threat. Not when we're at home and it's like, you know, let's put these guys out in an offensive opportunity against the good guys, maybe. Well, when they're scared at home ice and they, they all, all they can do is put the top pair against these kids, then you know that they're made. Then you know you throw them on the first line. You give them more ice time. But I guess I think we went a little off track of what I wanted to talk about, which was more defense-oriented, but it, it still applies, where it's like if they're putting out the best forwards against those guys, those defensive pairings, because it's like that's the only way we're going to beat them. So mm-hmm. I, just, I just want them all to be good. I want, I want to immediately start I, I mean, we all do, season so. with, no, with yes. them just running hardly <laughs> out of the gates so, at full speed. JL, any closing thoughts from you, my friend? Any closing thoughts? Uh, well, I kind of said a little bit there, but honestly, mm. I, I think this, I think this team is going in the right direction, and and I think they will surprise us. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised at the way they've handled things, and I, hot take here, I think this team's going to turn some heads next year. I can't wait to see Kako, Cap, Capo Kako, and, and Kratzov, and you know all these young guys just come in and just make an impact. Like it's going to be such a such a breath of fresh air. So, 
And so, and also, I want I, I also want Eric Carlson like really bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> I saying. promise that one of these shows leading up to the draft, we will let JL fully express his uh his Eric Carlson love. I promise you, it's it's coming and, and it'll be here it's soon. Not just, it's, we should just have him and and Jim talk about Eric Carlson for 60 minutes. Look, I'm just I'm Absolutely. just waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the signing so I can go on IceJerseys.com and buy my Eric Carlson 65 jersey. I'm waiting. <laughs> Once they got Boston, I, my worries about Eric Carlson went away because they're not getting him. There's no reason to sign him. But that's, then, that we could table that for Okay, now. okay, okay. How We're saving you? this. We're saving this. I We're promise. This. <laughs> We're tabling this. But yes, we will discuss that very, very soon for JL, of course. So thank you for joining us this week, guys. Enjoy the World Championships. Hopefully Team USA figures out how to play hockey again. Um, we'll be back. Have a good week. And as always, let's go Rangers. <laughs> Business with personality. That's the idea that launched London's business newspaper, City AM, 15 years ago. And it's the same idea that inspired our new daily podcast, The City View, where you'll find me, City AM editor Christian May, interviewing the most well-known, influential and colourful figures from business, politics and finance. The City View from City AM with a new episode every morning. It's the perfect start to your working day. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.